Welcome to the Relentless Growth Podcast with Chris Goodman, where business owners and personal growth junkies just like you get their fix of tough questions and powerful coaching conversations so you can become your best, find your purpose, discover new levels of freedom, and lead others in their pursuit of relentless growth. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back and happy anniversary. This is the one-year anniversary edition of the Relentless Growth Podcast. About a year ago this week, we set out to change people's lives through personal growth, business development, the intersection of those two things, and I wanted to put it all into a podcast. And you've been gobbling it up around the world. And I'm just insanely grateful every day that I get some kind of message that somebody says, this interview changed my life. This person's wisdom, this person's little nugget right here, or truth bomb, I get that a lot. (laughs) This person's truth bomb changed the way I see this issue, this part of my business, Um, just something like that every day. So I'm super grateful for every one of you listening today. It's been a wild year of figuring out what podcasting looks like, how to get it into the ears of the right people, and obviously we're just getting started. So like I said, I'm just super grateful for everybody's support throughout this year, and we look forward to another full year. Today, the the plan has changed for this particular podcast. I had one recorded, and for a couple of reasons, it's just not going to work. So I'm going to re-record this one. It's actually my birthday as I sit down to do this. So if I seem to be in a hurry, that's because my wife has made plans for us to run out here in a few minutes and go to one of my favorite bourbon distilleries in Kentucky and do a private tour and spend some time in one of the happiest places on earth in bourbon country. (laughs) So the thing today is I'm going to cover some of the top lessons I've learned in the last year as it relates to personal growth, business growth, and like I said, the intersection of those two things for people who own businesses like myself and most of you. Every year, I push the gas down on my growth. For instance, this week, I've hired a new coach to help me scale my business a little faster than I've been doing it so far, and I've invested heavier in my business than ever. So this is a really fun season because I'm I'm not just pushing the personal growth down, I'm really throttling the business growth too. As I go through those changes, you know, you're, you're hearing about those things on the podcast as I interview people and as I share some of the, the personal stories behind the scenes of that kind of growth. So today I'm just going to highlight some of the top lessons I've collected for myself and my business over the last year. So let's not waste any time. Let's get to this. Number one, gratitude is king or queen, whichever way you'd like. Gratitude is the best. How about that? <laughs> My mentor, Todd, has taught me so much, and this is one of the things that that he really worked with me on, and I never really heard it until, I don't know, probably four years ago. And in the last year, this has really settled in as a keystone lesson for happiness and fulfillment for myself and for my clients. I'll say it like this. Gratitude is one of those magic potions that once you figure out how to use it, it's an antidote to more things than you can ever imagine. So for instance, if you really pay attention to the next time you're feeling incredibly grateful, you'll notice you're not feeling anything else. I'll say it's impossible to be really consumed with gratitude and simultaneously feel victimized or upset or sad 
or angry. So the more we reach for gratitude and condition that as something that we can create on the spot, the happier and the more fulfilled we can be. So this is why every day before I even open my eyes and before I get out of bed, I spend at least five minutes thinking about and feeling things I'm grateful for in my life. Obviously, with today being my birthday, I have more blessings than I can count, and I spend a lot of time already today being grateful for my business, my wife, my family, my health, the podcast, and listeners around the world. So my question here for you is, how often do you really purposefully conjure up the feeling of gratitude? Because if you're not doing that consistently, I can guarantee you're not as happy as you could be. All right, number two, fail forward. The past two years have been very comfortable in business. Things have been going great. And even though our personal life has been pretty wild, you know, getting married, moving to California and back, buying a house here in Kentucky, lots of ups and downs there in a good way, I wasn't really pushing my business to fail or really pushing anything until it broke, which meant I wasn't growing as fast or as deeply as I could. So now I'm on a tear to push things and really fail forward. Meaning, we're never going to grow if we stay right and comfortable. If we're always right, we're never failing. If we're never failing, we're never learning. If we're not getting uncomfortable, well, then guess what? You're not growing. That's where the magic happens. That's where so much of the magic in my life has happened. The most uncomfortable seasons, divorce, leaving real estate, leaving the law or quitting law school, Those are ugly growth seasons, but that discomfort created a tremendous amount of insight and growth that I don't think you can get any way else other than being uncomfortable or being wrong. All right, number three, two ears, one mouth. That sounds like an awful website or something. (laughs) But what this means, again, something my mentor Todd taught me a long time ago, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason that we should listen twice as carefully as we speak. Well, maybe that's not how I should say that because we should speak carefully, but (laughs) we should listen twice as much as we speak. How about that? So two ears, one mouth. As I've gotten better at coaching through the years and I've really learned to see and witness the person by what they're saying, what they're not saying, what their body language is doing, how they show up, meaning like even how they're dressed, how their posture is, how their breathing is, and really witnessing this whole person it has dropped me into a zone where I'm listening at a deeper level than ever and speaking much less than ever. And if you've known me my whole life, I've always talked a lot. You can tell I speak quickly. I use a lot of words. I use a pretty deep vocabulary. But over the last year, especially, this lesson has proved to be important over and over and over again. Two ears, one mouth. So my encouragement there is, as you go through today, even this whole next week, Pay attention to how often you're speaking before you're really listening to the person across from you, the client, spouse, the friend. Are you really using both your ears and one mouth? All right. So number four, you're only one thought away. I'm not sure who said this first. Uh, my, My friend Stacey Bayman taught this one to me, that you could be one single thought away from your next goal, your biggest breakthrough. If you're dating, you could be one thought away from attracting your soulmate. You could always be one thought away from the thing you want most. 
And I love this. This never occurred to me in my previous years, but over the last year, I've seen how true this is. So for instance, I'll often ask a client, what's the one thing you could do today that if you did it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? Most of you have heard that come out of my face a dozen times or more because it's the question from the book called The One Thing. But this one thought, this one question, this one thing, wow, it can really change your life once you isolate it down to that singular point. So I've been using this over and over and over, especially over the last, uh, I'd say, six months to consider what, where am I just one thought away from something? So I mentioned I just hired a new coach. My previous thought was, I'm good. I don't need more coaching. Then I started to think, what if that thought isn't helping me? What if I'm just one thought away from really breaking through the ne- to the next level? What if I'm just one key hire, one key conversation, one key coaching conversation is where I landed on it, away from my next breakthrough? And that led to hiring a coach. So consider that for yourself. Where are you one thought away from something? And what thought do you need to have today to get it? Okay, number five, you're only three to five years away from the greatness you really want. This is a riff off of a Gary Keller quote that I came across. In the last year, I have noticed the truth of being only three to five years away from what we really want. For instance, six years ago today on my birthday, I was on the beach with my ex and their family. And things were not great in my marriage. It was boiling to a head where I knew something was horribly wrong. I just didn't know what it was. And I had done everything I could to figure out what it was, to try to fix things, to try to get into counseling, and it just wasn't working. And I think some part of me knew that we were headed for divorce, even though I didn't know why and even though I didn't understand it at the time. I just had that feeling. You ever get that like gut, like pit in your gut feeling? That's what was happening. That was only six years ago. Now, I know I I said three to five years away, but let's just give it a little bit of wiggle room. Let's say two to six years, whatever. The point is, if you asked me on that beach six years ago, if I would be married to Lindsay, living in Kentucky after having moved to the beach for a year in California, having the business that I've always wanted since I was a senior in high school, all these things. If you would have asked me then, I'd been like, no, you're crazy. Number one, I'm already married. Number two, I live in Indiana and don't have any plans to move. Number three, why would I move to California? And number four, I'm in real estate and I'm doing great. Why would I leave this this dream job here for something called coaching? (laughs) As you've probably witnessed through your own life and your own business, things don't always go according to plan. However, That could be a great thing because what if you're only three to five years away from where you really want to be? Consider that for yourself. Where would you want to be in three, four, five years from today? If you could wave the magic wand and get everything you wanted in your life, everything you wanted in your business, what would it look like? And can you spend a couple of minutes visualizing that? Okay, number six, get permission. This is something I catch myself saying to clients a dozen times a week. Get permission to ask the hard question. Get permission to say the thing that needs to be said. Get permission to coach somebody or help somebody. You've probably heard me say this on another podcast. I'll repeat it in case you haven't, about storming someone's castle. In conversation, especially in coaching conversations or in business, when we want to help somebody, I want you to think about it like they are in their own castle. The person across from you that you want to help is in their own castle. 
So visualize that for yourself. What would that look like? I always picture like a a little Lego person standing inside of the four walls of this big giant castle. (laughs) So the visual here is that when you start to give advice, unsolicited advice, solve someone's problem, tell them, hey, what you got to do is, I want you to imagine that's like storming their castle. Right, throwing grappling hooks over the side, climbing up without them having invited you, and jumping in there and going, here's what you got to do to fix this castle. That's not fun. That doesn't feel good. And most people go on the defense, the defensive, when you do that. The antidote here is to get permission. In other words, imagine the same scenario. They're in their castle, and they're suffering in that castle. Instead of storming their castle, giving unsolicited advice, charging in there, pause for a second and get permission. Hey, I think I can help. Would you let me in and and let me help here? The language of the question is up to you. I'll usually say something like, it sounds like you're really struggling here. Can I offer something? Can I coach you through this? Can I ask you a tough question? I mean this with love. Can I guide you a little bit on what I see happening here? Something like that. And it doesn't have to be be condescending like, I got you. I can see what's happening. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I mean it more like from a place of compassion. Hey, can I ask you a question about that? And that simple gesture will let somebody lower the drawbridge so you can easily walk in and say what needs to be said or ask what needs to be asked. Over the last year in my coaching conversations, I've had to use this tool more and more and more to really say the thing that needs to be said. So try it out. Get permission. Number seven, take the trip. Take the trip. Lindsay and I, if you follow us online, especially you notice that we travel a lot. In 2019, I was gone, I think 99 nights. I don't remember the numbers for the next two years off the top of my head, but with COVID, everything slowed down. We still traveled, I think 40 nights in 2020. And so far this year, I think we're already over 40 or 50 nights um, and it's only July. So we travel a lot. Now, I realize not everybody has a business like we do where you can just run away and do what you want. We don't have any children right now, so that's easier for us to pack up and leave when we want to go somewhere. My point is, though, looking back on our last, what, four years together, and especially the traveling we've done in the last even six months, I can't imagine foregoing any of those trips and deferring them until retirement just because that was the easier thing to do. There are no guarantees. You will be able to take the trip later. You will have the company that you want to go on the trip with you or that that place will be there. That last one really sticks with me because we saw Notre Dame before it burned down. And I will forever be grateful that we had the opportunity to do that and that we took the opportunity to take that trip because we'll never get to walk through it like we did before. It's not it's literally not there like it is, like it was. So, that's my push, my encouragement for you to stop deferring on your dream trip and stop waiting until more money's going to make it easy. Find a way to take the trip instead of waiting. All right. Number 8. Pursue goals that you'll want to chase for more than 5 years. Pursue goals that you'll want to chase for more than five years. I have to give my friend Chris Harder credit for putting the seed in my brain that I should not start a podcast. So this is a year-old goal, right? 
that I should not start a podcast unless I was willing to show up for it every single week for at least five years. And I thought, wow, that's that's a major commitment. I don't even know, you know, looking back at my last five, six years, everything's changed. What if I want to change everything with a podcast? So it it really put this thought into my mind of, okay, I need to have a really high level of commitment if I'm going to do this. And so I'm extremely grateful for Chris for that idea. But here's my point for you. The things you're pursuing that are most important to you right now, will you still want to chase them in five years? Because if not, it's time to look up and go, okay, maybe something needs to be adjusted. Maybe I'm not chasing my passion. Maybe I'm not that thrilled about this. And it's time to do something different. We all get caught up. We all get comfortable. In the last year, I have noticed that when I'm chasing something that I know I'm going to be very passionate about for five plus years, it's go time. And that feels great. And I want that for you too. Okay. Number nine, it's not the first thought that counts. It's the second. If you caught the episode with Pat Mancuso, you probably heard us talk about this, that we have reactionary thoughts. And over the last year, as I've grown in my business and I've grown as a coach, I can see these thoughts flood in. These first thoughts rush in, like sometimes they're judgmental, sometimes they're angry, sometimes they're defensive, and that's okay. It's not the first thought that counts. Pat Mancuso taught me this. It's the second thought. Can you manage your mind after that first thought creeps in? Can you diffuse the judgment that you have against yourself? That maybe is like, you should know better, you should work harder, you should be more successful. Can you let go of that judgment and create a second thought that's even better? The more I reach for this, I don't know if you can hear me snapping, but it's it's just consistent like this. A thought floods in, I switch it. What's the better thought? What's a second thought? What's another way of looking at that? What else is possible? That's one thought. What's another? This is something I'm practicing in my mind all the time. And yes, it can be a little exhausting sometimes. However, it's extremely liberating because I'm not trapped by the first thought and reacting all the time to just that first thought. So I'm encouraging you to give this a shot for yourself. As you go through your day and something triggers you, makes you angry, makes you frustrated, makes you sad, makes you feel lonely, consider it's not that first thought that counts. Can you switch it to something as a second thought that's more helpful, more empowering, more liberating? Give it a shot. Number 10, leaders go first. As I've grown my coaching business and kind of grown the caliber of people that I'm, I'm coaching through through the years, I'm watching how leaders really show up when it's uncomfortable. They say, like I said earlier in number six, when they get permission, they're willing to say the hard thing first. You've probably heard the story of me telling Lindsay I, I loved her for the first time at the most vulnerable point in our relationship where we were on the brink of breaking up. That was not easy. That was not comfortable. That was not fun. However, I knew I needed to go first because if I didn't say it, we might have just split up and who knows where we would have been. Now, that's just one example. Leadership in love is is often more intense than leadership in business, but it's the same in business. Leaders need to cast the vision first. Ask the hard question of, are you having fun in your job? Are you even even enjoying this work? Are you even coming to work and having fun here? Because if not, why are you doing it? So as a leader, and I think if you're listening to this podcast, you are in some way, and if not many ways, a leader in your own right. Do you have the courage to go first when it counts? 
Because over the last year, I've seen that the best leaders go first. All right. Number 11. There's only 14. So if you're starting to go, how many are there? (laughs) You can relax. We're almost finished. Number 11. Real freedom starts in your mind. Real freedom starts in your mind. Now, this is easy for me to say as an American. We have so much freedom in our country, so much in terms of civil liberties to be grateful for every day. So that's not lost on me. I don't I don't mean to sound coy when I say that freedom starts in your mind. My point is, I've met people who have lost limbs, who have lost loved ones, who have filed bankruptcy several times, and they're still happier than other people I've met who have everything. How is that possible? Because of how they think. Because our circumstances, the things happening around us, to us, for us, near us, don't control our thoughts. We do. Now that, that requires a high level of personal responsibility. And if you've been listening to the show for any amount of time, you know I'm huge on personal responsibility. This concept though, that freedom can start in our mind, think of how liberating that is. You can be in a job you hate and then suddenly switch to second thoughts that go, oh, you know what? Yeah, but I'm only here temporarily. This is just funding my life right now until I find my next gig and immediately feel more free than you did five seconds before that. That's wild. In my work in the last year, and when I say my work, I mean the coaching I experience myself and the coaching I take my clients through, I see the biggest transformations when people start to get a hold of this and they start to create and manufacture a sense of freedom in their mind first because then they're untouchable. Then they can get into any job any career, any business challenge, any hiring challenge, any relationship challenge, and still feel like they not only have control, but they dictate their future and their freedom by their choices and their thoughts. That's an entirely different level of freedom than just being rich or having a massive real estate empire, something like that. So my challenge for you is to figure out in the next, let's say in the next week, since I've been on that with the other ones, in the next week, Can you work on creating real freedom in your mind first, first in your mind, and then expand it through your leadership and through your leverage? If you caught the episodes about the mastermind, you know, these are the foundational pieces of the mastermind. That's why I put them there, that the foundation number one is your life mindset, how you think about your life and how you move through your life based on life coaching principles, then your leadership. How are you leading yourself, leading your business, leading your team, leading your family and friends? You know, if you're a leader, you got to show up. Are you showing up? And then leverage. Once you get the first two in place, then we need bigger levers, force multipliers, whatever you want to call them. I like leverage. People, systems, tools, processes. Can we create a bigger impact with some leverage? And that starts in your mind. Okay, like I said, there's only 14. We're on number 12. This is just anecdotal, and I'm kind of putting it here as a placeholder for myself, that my sense of humor is a little like Socrates meets Super Troopers. <laughs> and if you've been listening to the show, you know I laugh uh, at irreverent things. I laugh at cartoons. You know, I ask silly questions that don't make any sense sometimes, but I have a very deep mind. And observing our own sense of humor can show us a lot. So over the last year, I've just been watching like, why do I find Socrates as humorous as Super Troopers? This is so strange to me. You know, somebody said that a sense of humor is just common sense at a different speed. And 
that's just fascinating to me. And as I as I meet more people and as I coach at a deeper level, I'm always looking for what makes someone's sense of humor their own. And I think you'll learn a lot about yourself if you witness over the next couple of weeks what makes you laugh and what doesn't. And there's probably some real insight in there for you. All right, number 13. The most successful people never stop seeking deep, meaningful growth. I have the absolute privilege of coaching some of the smartest, most successful people in the world. And they still keep going. They still keep digging for deeper, more meaningful, more fulfilling growth, whether it's in business, life, or both. And it's not that they're not satisfied. So if you're hearing that saying, well, they're greedy or exchange that judgment for just a minute and consider that they might be doing this for something beyond what they get out of it. They might be doing this for something beyond what they get. In other words, the experience of growth itself becomes fun, becomes the challenge, becomes the reward. It's a big part of why I called the show Relentless Growth. Over the last year, my clients continue to show me that the best at what they do, the best athletes, the best business people, they want growth. And then they want to turn around and contribute that growth to something meaningful. And that fascinates me. That fascinates me because that's, that truly helps people. That truly contributes to a better humanity. So if you want to be massively successful, challenge yourself right now and ask, how, how much am I seeking deep and meaningful growth? Not, not how much am I talking about it or saying I want that, but how much am I truly seeking that out in my actions? And see what your answer is. Over the last year, I've just seen over and over and over that the deeper we are willing to grow and the more we're willing to take action, the better life is. All right, number 14, the last one of some of the top lessons I've learned in the last year, share your unique gift like it's expiring soon, because it is. Whether you have 80 years left or 10 years left, it's too soon and the world needs your gift. So my encouragement for you as we wrap up this podcast today, and as I go into my next year of relentless growth, I'm doing this too. Sharing my gift like it's expiring soon, because it is. And I want you to do the same. All right, friends, that's it for the the birthday episode, the anniversary episode, the top 14 things I've learned in the last year episode. I don't know what we're going to call it yet. That's where we are, though. I am grateful for you listening. I'm grateful for your contributions to our audience when you share these things when you when you send an email and say hey I think you should listen to this this episode or you tell a friend hey I, I really think this podcast is good for you check it out that means the world to us so please continue to share that we're grateful for it and grateful for your support all right and as we wrap up I do want to encourage you if you've connected with what I've said today and you're ready to challenge your own level of growth in your life and in your business scroll down and click the work with chris button in the show notes And this will take you to a quick application where you can set up a conversation with me about coaching. And let's see if it's a fit for you, for your goals, for where you want to be in the next three to five years, for what you want this business to look like, for what you want your income to look like. Let's just talk about it and see if coaching is right for you. It's simple. It's easy. Why not? You're listening to the podcast already. Just take the next step, right? This is, again, my encouragement to seek deep and meaningful growth by getting a little uncomfortable. And putting yourself on the line every once in a while to go, you know what, I'm going to take a stand for my growth, for my business, for my income, for my family, for something right now. So let's have that conversation. I do have two one-on-one spots opening up. 
in the next two months. So if you'd like to take advantage of one of those spots, click the button, the work with Chris button now, and let's have that conversation. Thank you all so much. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode of Relentless Growth. If you're ready to start leading your life and business with a new level of passion, purpose, and relentless growth, go to goodmancoachinginc.com where you can join the email list and sign up for a coaching consultation right now.